Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. How many times have we prayed those words of the Our Father? If we forgive, this prayer is a promise of mercy, but if we don't, we condemn ourselves. This episode of Physically Spiritual will explore the idea of forgiveness. Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. As we get started, I want to invite you to download the Awaken app. The Awaken app is the best way to listen or watch to all the podcasts published on Awaken Catholic, and it also features a free prayer library. Members of the Awaken Nation will have premium features to the app, giving them exclusive contact with the show hosts and access to bonus materials and talks. Go to the awakenapp.io to download the Awaken app on your Apple or Android device. If you want to support everything we do here at Awaken Catholic, join the Awaken Nation. To become a member of the nation, go to awakencatholic.org forward slash donate. At Awaken Catholic, we are partners with the Hollow app. Hollow is the only Catholic meditation app to help you find peace and grow in your spiritual journey. The Hollow app features guided meditations updated daily for free, uh, sleep stories, and much more with its premium membership. To sign up for free or the premium membership, go to hollow.app forward slash awaken. And finally, if you want to go deeper in any of the topics we discuss here on the show or you want help applying the ideas, go to my blog and coaching practice at becominggift.com. So today on Physically Spiritual, we are going to be talking about forgiveness. First, what is forgiveness? That word forgive comes to us uh, from older English. First, for would mean something like completely. And give comes from the word to release from a debt. So to forgive is to completely release someone from a debt, something they owed you, something that should have been different, or something they did that harmed you. Uh, there's a close cousin to, to uh, unforgiveness, and that is resentment. That word resentment comes from the words re, which is again, and then sentire, which is the Latin word to, to feel. So to resent someone is to feel something again and again and again and again. So to fail to forgive someone is, is in a way to resent them, to hold on to that feeling, to not let go. Uh, and I've heard it said that to resent someone is for you to drink the poison and hope that they die. <laughs> Uh, so when we're resenting someone, when we're refusing to forgive someone, uh, we're really, in the end, harming ourselves. What does the scripture have to say about forgiveness? I want to read a story from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, when St. Peter approaches Jesus with the question of forgiveness. So this is Matthew chapter 18. says, Then Peter, approaching asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? 
as many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you not seven times, but seventy times seven. This is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. All right, so let's pause there. Peter's coming with this question. If my brother sins against me, meaning if my brother does something wrong, if my brother harms me, how often should I forgive them? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, seven times seven. Uh, So this kind of multiplication implies almost like an infinite amount of forgiveness that you would never stop forgiving the other person. But then Jesus goes on and starts this story. He's going to give them a parable, a story to, to illustrate this. And he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. So this kingdom of heaven is, is here but not yet. Jesus inaugurates the kingdom, and where the king is, the kingdom is. And we experience the kingdom in the church, in the sacraments, in the way the Lord works in our life and the world around us. But the kingdom isn't perfected in our time. The kingdom is also a promise of, of the perfection of the life to come in heaven. So something about forgiveness is bringing heaven to earth. So this dynamic of forgiving our brother, especially as the Lord would forgive us, forgiving other people as the Lord would forgive us, we're bringing heaven to earth. We're making the kingdom manifest. All right, now I'm going to read this parable. Jesus says, That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him much, a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he put him in prison until he paid back the debt. All right, let's pause there again. So this this man owes this great debt to the master and he has no way to pay him back. And the master is going to sell him off in slavery as a result of this, to, to, re, uh, to regain this money that he's owed. And the man begs him to be patient, meaning the, the man just asks for more time. The man doesn't ask actually for the debt to be forgiven, but the master actually forgives the whole debt, does more for him than he even asks for. And in response to this, this man turns around, finding someone that owes him a much smaller sum. This man does the same exact thing, begging simply for more time, for patience. And in response, the person who was forgiven doesn't forgive his own debtor. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused and said he put him back in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers 
until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgive his brother from his heart. So a couple things to note here. This, this smaller debtor is thrown in prison. Um, so you might wonder, like, when you're in prison, how do you pay off a debt? <laughs> like, when you're in prison, you can't work a job. Uh, so he's putting this fellow servant in, in a particularly horrible position, uh, not only probably ruining his family's life, but making it so he'll never be able to pay the debt back. And then on, on the other hand, we see how the master responds. Right? The servant that he forgave the debt is now sent to the torturer, not just not sold to slavery, uh, right? not being tortured, but just having to work your life um, for a master, a different master. Now he's being tortured. I think that says something about when we fail to forgive someone, when we're in that resentment spiral, right? we're torturing ourselves. Right? The other person <laughs> isn't bothered by it. Right? They don't even necessarily know that they're not forgiven or that they did anything wrong, but we're experiencing now an internal torture. And note what he says at the end. So will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgive his brother from his heart. So we have to forgive from our heart. And I want to spend a moment talking about this idea of heart because this is key. The catechism says the heart is the place of decision. It's the place of the covenant. So the heart is the place of decision. Oftentimes, in our modern culture, we, uh, we think about heart as the place of just emotion, the place of feeling. And it's true, feelings do have to do with the heart. We're attracted and repulsed by things, and that affects our heart. But when we're talking about heart in the classical sense, we're more talking about the will, the ability to make a choice. The heart is the place of decision. So to forgive from the heart is to make a choice. It's to make a decision. I had a spiritual director um, who uh, told me this once, and it was one of his um, one of his friends who was working on a doctorate in spiritual theology. And, and this this guy's uh, thesis to his whole doctoral dissertation was uh, that saying "I'm sorry" and "I forgive you" is simply saying "I love you" with context. <laughs> Right, so so this is simply we're going to fall, we're going to struggle, we're going to hurt each other. Right, the context of our relationships is often, uh, you know, the context of being wounded, being hurt, falling short. So saying I, I'm sorry and I forgive you, in light of sin and in light of our brokenness, our struggles, is saying I love you with context. Uh, so asking for forgiveness, saying I am sorry, recognizing the way you've hurt somebody is saying, I love you. I love you enough to repair this relationship. I wish I hadn't done that. Um, if I could change the past, maybe I would, right? I'm saying, I love you in spite of this. I'm willing to be now vulnerable um, to you, either forgiving me or not. But then also saying, I forgive you. How many times, I know I struggle with this, how many times do we just simply say something like, oh, it's okay. It wasn't such a big deal. Right? And we were probably motivated in doing that by trying to, to, to downplay maybe the effect that the thing had on us. I know for me that it's okay or it wasn't a big deal. Um, it's really kind of a self-defense mechanism because I don't want to show my vulnerability. Right? I want to seem strong, I think, in my heart. I don't want to be vulnerable and say, yeah, you, you did hurt me. So it's important to actually say, I forgive you. 
I forgive you. That's an act of love. I know uh, I've been challenged to do this a lot, um, to actually say, I forgive you. And, and it, I still struggle with it um, when somebody apologizes to me because part of me doesn't want them to, th- to think that it was a big deal. Um, but I forgive you, that word forgive, meaning I completely release you from this debt. Right? I'm not judging them by saying I forgive them. I'm not saying uh, you know, that, that, that they were condemned beforehand. I'm simply releasing them from the debt. I'm doing what Christ is inviting us to do. So saying I forgive you is also a way of saying I love you in the context of sin. God always forgives us in context. God's omniscient. God knows everything. And God's eternal. And eternity isn't just living forever without beginning and end. Eternity is actually being outside of time. So all time is present to God as an eternal now. That means your, your whole life happens in the context of God's eternity. So there's never been a time that God hasn't forgiven you without God knowing exactly what sins you're going to commit for the rest of your life and all the sins you've committed before that too. So God always forgives in context, even in the context of the future. And this is important because we are invited to forgive as God does, right? So, so our forgiveness is in the context that the person might do it again, that they might continue to struggle, that they, they, they likely will hurt you again. They'll likely hurt me again. So we're always forgiving in context with that in mind. Now, with that in mind, we have to, I think, banish one of the lies of our culture, And that is the oft-quoted phrase, forgive and forget. You have to forgive and forget. Well, I would encourage you to scour the scriptures and see anywhere it says forgive and forget. Now, the the Lord does say, as far as the east is from the west is how far I will place your sin from you. But it's not a matter of forgetting. It's not like God turns off his divine omniscience and divine eternity when he forgives us. Right? He completely releases us from the debt. But on the other hand, God still knows our sin. God still knows our past. So, so forgive and forget actually isn't a scriptural thing. And it's not actually a human thing either. We can't make ourselves forget anything. We can't repress our memories. We can't pull our experiences out of our head. Um, so I think the, the truth of, the, of this lie, right? what's twisted in the midst of this, is that when we forgive someone, we shouldn't hold it against them anymore. Meaning part of forgiving is that when we approach the person in the future, that we, we shouldn't hold it against them. We shouldn't call it back to mind. Uh, we shouldn't continue to treat them as if we hadn't forgiven them. right? So we need to rele- actually release them from the debt. But we should actually forgive and remember. And I would propose for two reasons. We need to forgive and remember. We remember, one, because forgiving them in the context of the past, continuing to love them in that context, right, holding the past with the present is actually a, a heart-expanding exercise. Right? I'm not forgiving and forgetting. I'm forgiving and remembering. Right? I'm loving them in the context of who they were and now who they are. And there's another side to forgiving and remembering because sometimes the loving thing is to actually have new boundaries with the person, right? A a boundary isn't not forgiving the person. The boundary is removing yourself 
from in some way, whether it be emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, from the person, in order to protect yourself and to protect them. Uh, so sometimes we need to forgive and remember because we should have a new boundary with the person. We need to change the way the relationship works. Maybe that means that while you might be cordial with the person, they're no longer going to be your significant other. They're no longer going to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe you're no longer going to uh, spend one-on-one -on -one time with the person. You only spend time with them in groups. Um, so, Or maybe an emotional boundary is not entering into a, a deep, intimate, emotional, vulnerable conversation. Right? You're going to change that nature of the relationship. So sometimes you need to set up these boundaries, but you certainly can forgive and remember. Um, forgiveness is an act of the will. It's a decision. It's a choice. So this means oftentimes the feelings of the heart are going to linger. The feeling, the hurt feeling, the, the wounded feeling, the scared feeling might linger. Um, and, and sometimes those feelings will change, right? They'll, they'll follow your heart. They'll follow that decision, that act of the will. And sometimes they won't. Sometimes they might linger. Sometimes there's a deeper healing that's needed uh, in order to, to change the feelings that go along with experiencing the person. But just because you continue to feel hurt, feel scared, feel wounded, just because you continue to have those emotions doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. Forgiveness is a decision, meaning if you've released them from the debt and if you're treating them um, as if they're released from the debt, then you have forgiven. You followed that commandment. Now let's look at some motivation to forgive. First, let's look at some spiritual reasons to forgive. One, it's, it's a condition of us ourselves being forgiven. So I, I inter introduced the uh, podcast today with that line from the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is echoed a couple other places in the scripture. In Colossians chapter 3, St. Paul says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also do. Right? We forgive others because we are first forgiven. And after our Lord teaches his apostles the Our Father in the book of Matthew from chapter 6, he says, But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. Right? So this prayer that we make, these scriptures, this means that, that we're both, it's a promise of mercy if we forgive others, but we're also condemning ourselves. We're restricting ourselves by making that prayer. It can be a curse if we don't forgive others. The second reason to forgive others spiritually, I would propose that unforgiveness is a demonic beachhead in our soul. So, so the heart is, our will is part of our soul. And, and to the extent that, that our, our wills in accord with the natural law, in accord with God's plan, healed by the Lord's grace, we're able to receive the graces that God's offering to us. Uh, but our, our will is never perfectly disposed to grace. Uh, so we're always, in a sense, leaving some grace on the table. We're not receiving all the Lord is offering us, especially when we're receiving a sacrament like the Eucharist. Um, so every bit of unforgiveness is a place where we choose to leave our will bound. We, we, we choose to have our, our heart given um, to someone who's not the Lord, given to the enemy. 
So unforgiveness is like a demonic beachhead in the soul where the enemy can get in and influence our heart, our mind. Um, so it's important that we forgive in order to banish the enemy of our nature from our heart. Third reason, refusing to forgive somebody else is actually a denial of the other's core identity as a child of God. I'll say that again. Refusing to forgive is a denial of the other's core identity as a child of God. Right? We're all God's children. Even the people that, that are, quote-unquote, really bad, right? There's, there's not a single person in, in a prison. There's not a single person who's committed some atrocity who isn't a child of God. Um, so, so in the midst of that, that seeing that other person as a child of God— we have to both both have that see them in the identity, right? That they belong to the Lord too, and that the Lord is working out their salvation. And our forgiveness may actually be part of God's providential plan for their redemption. But also they're a child. Right? There's a part of them that's that's young. There's a part of them that's broken. There's a part of them that's wounded. Uh, so we always have to see them in the context of that that inner child, that woundedness, that brokenness. Right, the, the, what makes us redeemable and forgivable in a way that the angels aren't is that we never make a perfect act of the will. There's always a part of us that doesn't have full knowledge and is not completely free. Uh, so we're always forgivable. We're always redeemable, and, and that's the case for everyone. Everyone's redeemable. Everyone's forgivable. Uh, remember, that doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries. That doesn't mean that you forget. But what that means is we can always release them from that debt. We can always. Uh, love them in context of their fault. There's also great physical reasons to forgive others. So, so a failure to forgive someone, this resentment, can put us in a, in a state of chronic anger, of chronic frustration, right? And what's happening in the body is you're in a fight or flight mode, right? Go back to the episode titled The Tiger in Your Inbox and where I talk about the autonomic nervous system and these fight, flight, fawn states that our body gets into, that our nervous system gets into. So failing to forgive can put us in a chronic state of anger. And this affects our heart rate, our blood pressure, and the, the function of our immune system. And this can increase our risk of depression and heart disease, diabetes, and many other physical ailments. So not forgiving others can literally make us sicker. Right? It's not just a spiritual sickness. It can also cause physical sickness. But then on the other hand, forgiveness can reduce our stress levels, can help us uh, to be out of this chronic fight-flight state, which can lead to improved health across the board. Right? So forgiveness isn't just a good spiritual principle. It's also great for our physical health too. Remember, resentment is taking the poison and hoping that the other person dies. That means we're killing ourselves by not forgiving. The ultimate antidote to resentment that I've been taught is to pray for the person that you resent. Pray for the person who harmed you. The strongest dose of the medicine is actually to pray that the other person receive the blessings that you want to receive. <laughs> pray that the other person gets what you want. Right? What are we doing by this act of prayer? One, it's, it's an act of humility. Right? We're, lo we're lowering ourselves. We're putting our life and their life in God's hands. 
but we're also changing our will. We're changing our heart. Every prayer is a, is a decision. It's a choice. Every prayer is an act of the heart. And in that act, we're starting to turn our heart toward that other person's good. We're forming our will for what's in that other person's best interest, to love them in the context of their life. But then even more so, to pray that they would get what we would want is an act of self-emptying. Now, I have to admit, uh, there's places in my life that it's still difficult to make that kind of prayer, that my heart revolts at that, right? So, so there's a process that we can go through. So here are some steps, some baby steps toward taking that resentment medicine of praying for the other person. First and foremost, just pray for the, the grace of forgiveness. Not even in the context of the other person, just pray for the grace in general, right? Maybe you can't even pray about the other person without going overboard. Just pray for the general grace to forgive. Second baby step after that, pray for the ability to forgive that individual person. Don't try to forgive them yet. Just pray that you could forgive them. Third baby step is actually to pray for them. Just, just in general, not for anything specific. Just pray for them. The fourth step is to pray that they get what you want. Right? Take it deeper. We're, we're doing heart surgery here. We're, we're, we're going deeper. So pray that they get what you want. And then the final step is to actually forgive them, to actually release them from the debt. Right? This might not even include talking to them, right? Because depending on the, the boundaries that you should have, depending on your situation, you might not be able to talk to them. It might not be safe for you or for them. Um, there can be a legal situation that doesn't make that prudent. So, so seek wise counsel if, if you're ever not sure in this kind of thing. But with that too, um, maybe the person has passed away. You can forgive someone who's died, right? Maybe it could be writing them a letter and placing it on their, on their grave site. Maybe uh, we understand that the people who have passed away are still connected with us through the communion of saints. So maybe you could pray and, and forgive them in your prayer. Forgive them in the Lord. Um, or maybe it's someone you can actually go talk to. I, th I think it's ideal to actually talk to the person if you can, because they're receiving your forgiveness, they're experiencing your forgiveness, but then you're also then experiencing giving the forgiveness in the full lived place. Now, sometimes the other person might not even be asking for forgiveness, right? So if this is the case, it might not always be the best to go and, and to forgive them in person. Um, they might not be in a place to receive that, and, and, and they might even be offended by it. Um, so, so you have to, to really approach these uh, decisions with wisdom, with care. Uh, like I said, seek advice, seek wise counsel from spouses, from friends, spiritual directors, counselors, whoever you have in your life. Your pastor uh, could be another great person to talk to about this. Um, but it, it's uh, even if you can't talk to the person, you can write a letter where you forgive them and maybe burn the letter. Uh, you could, uh, you know, role play in your heart and mind. Um, with God. Maybe you can actually role play with another person, maybe with a therapist or with a spiritual director or your spouse. Um, or you could just bring it to the Lord in prayer, right? Release it in, in your prayer life to the Lord. But all these different ways of forgiving are a way for you to release that other person of their debt. 
right? But in the process, you're, you're, you're banishing that demonic beachhead in your, your soul. You're claiming their identity as a child of God. You're freeing yourself. It's the antidote to that resentment poison that you've been taking. And, and more and more, you're, you're becoming how God would be in the world, right? You're loving them in the context, just the way, the same way that the Lord forgives us. Every time we ask for forgiveness, whether in the sacrament of reconciliation or just in our prayer of mercy or act of contrition. So to draw it to a conclusion, uh, I just want to remind you about the Awaken app. If you want to uh, to get any of the podcasts we have here on your, your smartphone or get access to the free prayer library, go to theawakenapp.io to download it on Android and Apple devices. And if you want to support everything we're doing here, become a member of the Awaken Nation. Go to awakencatholic.org forward slash donate. The Awaken Nation will also uh, un unlock premium features on the Awaken app or the Awaken website. So if you're a member of the nation, go on and check out those, uh, those premium features. And remember, we are partners of the Hollow app. So go to hollow.app forward slash awaken. And if you want to go deeper in any of the topics I discuss on the show, or you want some support, see my blog and coaching practice at becominggift.com. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.